Yeah, you sound great. You look great, too. Where the heck are you? What, what's going on over there? Dan's house. I'm house-sitting at Dan's house on the west side. Ah, okay. And, um, yeah, so brought my stuff over, and it's just kind of like piecemealed together. I was like, oh, thank God it works. I like the little uh, liquor display over there on the mm-hmm. left-hand side and of, your, beautiful, of my screen. Beautiful painting that he bought yeah. at an art show sometime like 10, 15 years ago. It really I think so, too. Beautiful. It's very very uh i don't know very cool looking mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Nice. and uh so i've been here all week i got here sunday and you know i've spent tons of time on the west side i got friends out here and all but i gotta tell you man being out here for this extended period of time it truly is different you know there's always been this east side versus west side thing that i always thought was yeah stupid. yeah yeah it really is very different it's now how so it's I mean, like cause yeah, I'm a, I'm an East sider yeah. uh, and, and so are you, but it's a, it's an interesting thing in Cleveland because you've got mm. the Cuyahoga river that, that divides the city maybe into a east quarter and west. Mile. Yeah. It's maybe a quarter mile divide. Yeah. It, and, it, it, but, but it may, seems to make, it's like, there's, it's two different cities. Yeah, I mean, it, it could almost be called by a different name uh, on each side because they, they yes. seem so unrelated to each other. And they, they are and uh, in both good and bad ways. Like, so I know I, I talk to all the West Siders out here and it, I guess I'll start with West Siders are more friendly hands down. Oh, really? Absolutely. Huh. It's hmm. uh, it's so fun going anywhere here. It's like, I make a friend everywhere I go. And huh. yeah. And uh, I know that a lot of, um, well, a lot of what has happened to the Heights. Now I used to, be so proud of the Heights for its diversity when I moved there 20 years ago or so. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, all those different cultures. It is very cool. But in the last 10 years or so, as you know, people are leading with their politics first now. And everyone's Mm. really uptight uptight and on edge over there. And, uh, you know, everything's an offense. So that's what happened there. Meanwhile, on the West side, it's like being in Sarasota that, they don't think about it. Really? I love, I love, I love to hear that. Yeah. Now on, in other ways though, like for instance, I remember years ago, it was at Mm. least 10 years ago. I was at a bar on the near West side by the, in university circle where the museums are and all that art museums and all of this. I love that area. It's beautiful. And there was a guy here who was Oh, he was doing something like DJing or some kind of, he was a rent a guy kind of a thing from the West side at one of these shows after the show, he's at the bar talking to me and mm-hmm. he's clearly uncomfortable. Very, he's talking like the music goes, wow, you guys pl- even play weird music over here, dude. It's contemporary music. It's the same weird everywhere music. in the United <laughs> States, but to him, and I think it's, I think this happens a lot to Westsiders is they think, oh, they think they're so uppity and cultured over there. Oh, yeah. Okay. That dude was definitely feeling something like that. And like he felt day, like he was more cultured. Is that? No, no. No. He felt that the people on the East side yeah. were more cultured, huh? Or at least well, self-perceived. And they are. Self-perceived. Yeah. Oh, oh. You know, I mean, he's just thinking that it's more snooty or uppity or something. Interesting. That's interesting. I I never heard that. Then there's the other thing. And these are things I piece together from people I talk to. Right. You know, like the heights, it's like you need a helicopter to get in and out of there. It's really (laughs) not very accessible. And so if you're not from the area, you never go there. And then on the rare chance that you find yourself in there, you don't know where the heck you're at because it's a maze. It's, Mm -hmm. It's a labyrinth. And right. uh, so there are those things, but, but the West side here too. And, you know, I got some pictures to share with you. Um, all right. All right. Which are kind of fun. I'll go through it quick, but um, what was I going to say? Oh, architecturally. Well, wait, wait, is it yeah. not like that on the West side? It's not like a, a maze on the West side. Oh, is no. it a grid? Oh yeah. It's definitely. Really? It's oh, so easy. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, I mean, for the most part, Detroit, uh, Detroit road is right. the, the main road. And then uh-huh. just south of that running parallel is uh, Madison. Those okay. are the two main ones. And then just side streets coming off of it. So uh, it's easy to navigate. They have a lot better and more 
good restaurants out here. Really? A lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And just cool places to go. There's more to do out here. Hmm. And um, this is uh, m- probably my favorite bar in all of Cleveland, the Park View. And it's very okay. close to Dan's house. And I just had the best time there the other day. And uh, this guy right here is Charlie, my new best friend. Is that also, is my somebody you just name. met there? Yes. Yes. Okay. We hit it. <laughs> it looks off. like you guys have known each other for yes. quite some time. That's how it felt. We just <laughs> hit it off. Right. And, right. And it's really easy to do with people on the West side. And by the time we got around to Brown's news, I realized, oh, he's a rabid Browns fan. And we had the whole debate about the Deshaun Watson quarterback situation. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, you got to give me your phone number because when this blows up in their face, I'm going to call you out on that. And because he thinks it's because he thought it was a good thing. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. And that's fine. I hope he's right. I'd like yeah, to yeah, call yeah. on that, but great guy. Yeah. Absolute great guy. And well, he uh, looks like a great guy. He really is. Yeah. And his girlfriend is this little girl way back there, the bartender, who's oh, a real okay. sweet girl. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So I just found all that out. Oh, and this was yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. Charlie had spa day. This is my Charlie. How big now, Charlie guy. is now. Yeah, Holy mackerel. He? he is a big big boy yeah, now i discovered in lakewood pet supplies plus and it was the best pet store i've ever been in and this is ashley the sweetest girl with dogs you'd ever want to meet i have not been happy with the service we've been getting on the east side so he did a That's full so spot. important yeah. yeah and and she was singing like so i went out and i ran some errands went to a hardware store went to subway uh came back she's singing to him while she's working on him and kissing them and stuff just the best so is that uh that bandana that's on charlie is that uh one that's yours or she i like when they do that i think that's cool yeah and (laughs) the thing is now i told lisa about all this i'm gonna have to bring them all the way back out here for another spa with her absolutely with her and lisa had a brilliant idea she's like well let's couple it with let's go to a really nice restaurant out there that's dog friendly and make you know make a little day of it are there a lot of dog friendly restaurants out there kind of kind of yeah there's definitely out there uh there's a couple right within walking distance of this house yeah Mm -hmm. so let's see what else we got oh there's a better look out you can see how charlie yeah 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 i'm no kidding oh and this is look at that this is el arapazo a mexican restaurant or Uh latino restaurant as they say right by pet supplies plus and oh okay i gotta tell you dude i really like lakewood it's um it's, the problem with see where i'm at now at dan's place this is cleveland and you don't realize the transition to lakewood as you go down detroit or clifton or whatever and just kind of you glide into it but the taxes are like the heights out there so there's that but it's got just so much to do out there so it's kind of mm-hmm. nice now what i wanted to say here here's what's different about the, this is close in dan's neighborhood here do you see the siding that is roofing roofing yeah shingles. i see that yeah They're using it for siding huh. now here's i guess the, that'll work now the heights like especially where we live is a very beautiful area yeah they're not going to let that happen there no no we got building codes out the wazoo right right and there are none out here so there's a lot of this kind of stuff no that's not attractive like look at this is the Uh, same part of that like what is that and uh there's a whole lot of that like the <laughs> and the flat that's roofs. just like so cleveland right there. yeah there's so many flat roofs like if you're well, gonna spend the money what you're asking for a leaky roof well not only that Inevitably. but you have a big wet snowstorm and your roof can collapse we've, yeah. we've seen that before in every regard i just don't get it so there's a lot yeah. of boy look at the, look at the color of that thing yeah, the two by four fencing out here but i hate to I hate to dog on somebody's house but that is uh no, agreed and but my point is what i'm coming to so this is another way that it's really a glaring difference from the heights the heights is really beautiful houses and stuff for the most right, part right right we got our bad areas too and we got east cleveland and euclid which are bad neighborhoods so but now the west side has been building up like freaking chicago I am not kidding. And it started from downtown, like right across the bridge. It used to be scary there. And as an avid cyclist, I ride through these areas and I'm like, wow, what happened? Like all of this kind of stuff is being built, 
but in between all of these other shacks and stuff. So it's ah, right. Cause right. there's no building codes. It's kind of a mismatch of all this stuff, but, and I see, I got a couple pictures here that are really right around the corner, a place called battery park. And the oh, whole yeah. entire area is called Gordon square. And uh -huh. Dan's like, man, I just like to go on Zillow and watch my property value go up. Go up. <laughs> and it's true. Now, if this were a sunny spring day and those trees were budded and the flowers were out, this would be as gorgeous as it truly is. Right. But, you know, right now it's that time of year. It's not. So is that on the lake? Is that the lake back there? It's no? yes. That was the okay. lake back there. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's the lake back there. And uh, so there's all these new areas. Now I, here's the other side of it though. Oh, that looks these, nice. Yes. These are like three, $400,000 condos. And mm. I don't know why, like I wouldn't want to live no, no yard, no, nothing. Right. It's like right. living in an apartment for that kind of money. I don't get it, but they're everywhere. And I mean, the building that has gone around and this is again, battery park. You can see it on the chimney in the back. Oh yeah. Cool. It's a cool area. Yeah. Um, I just wouldn't want to live in those apartments. These are under construction, more of them. Now, so it's, are, is that, are, that's brand new. Okay. Yes. I it's not it, done uh, yet. Uh -huh. And uh, now this, this beautiful kind of Cape Cottage looking stuff, is uh right up the hill from edgewater beach so they got a beautiful view this is our walk oh, down to the wow beach. i used to I, re I can remember going there uh -huh. as a kid uh-huh and the metro parks <clears throat> took over because man this was a pretty seedy 10 plus years ago i i it really was and there's all kinds of trash and stuff down there right. and everything i remember as a kid i stepped on a pop top and cut my foot down oh, there dude, hypodermic yeah. needles and stuff used to be all uh, over the place but geez. not anymore look how beautiful it is now if it, again if it were a beautiful day in right, time, right. it is gorgeous it, it mm -hmm. really is so they did a great job that's that's all of my stuff that i wanted to share so I, I, oh boy, I really that was a like, trip down memory lane. Yeah, I like the West Side. It's got a lot going for it. Mostly the people are. Fantastic. It is so different there. I I, mm -hmm. I can remember, uh, you know, as a uh, one of my first jobs with Ameritech paging, and I had the Near East and the Near West Side mm. as my uh, as my territory. And every time I'd go over to the West Side, I'd kind of be out of sorts. Like where well, where do I? go how do you get around like a completely different feel like you're saying even totally driving around though. is totally different like well what? i'll tell you merle i remember what it was like 20 years ago and the near west side was scary it was yeah not the nice. near west side was yes yeah, you had to go now, a little man, further out than the, the really than nice that. yeah really it is nice. okay wow yeah Ooh. interesting <clears throat> The amount of development that has gone on on the West side is just like crazy. Uh, great. And uh, what I'll say is like, you know, I don't want to fuel any of that East side versus West side thing. And I'll go as far no. as to say, sorry, East siders, but the West side is usurping any kind of a title because they, the development that has been going on here, property values through the roof. I mean, huh. that's good and bad, yeah. but, um, and while I mean the heights, eh, it's it's only barely hanging on. We we're losing population all the time because their solution to everything is another tax. And it's not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. That mm -hmm. reminds me of something. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not run very well. Uh, and you know, uh, I'm only talking bad. about the heights. Like I said, we also got uh, contentions, uh, problems with East Cleveland and trying to keep that afloat. Uh, because they have like no tax revenue and in Euclid and South Euclid, it's gone the same way. So mm. there's, you know, there's all those things, but that's enough of that. I got, I wanted to say one thing is uh, one thing that I, I noticed and I've been hearing stuff, not, not just from you, but uh, boy, downtown Cleveland, um, nice. it really is mm. so much nicer than I remembered it way being. Uh, and I, last time I was there was several years ago when I, I saw you for my, mm -hmm. my grandfather's tribute. It was, but I stayed downtown in a, a hotel down there and I could, and then the next day, I, I walked around, it was a Sunday and you know how quiet it is downtown on Sunday is so nice. And it was a beautiful day. And I could not believe how beautiful that town is. Oh, downtown Cleveland is really nice. And I, I met somebody recently that lives uh, downtown right off of ninth street. I guess one of the bank buildings uh, has been converted into living space and mm, yeah. uh, he 
loves it down there and says there's just so much to do he's a single guy and just you know loving the restaurants and the clubs and And just the whole atmosphere yeah it's beautiful and it seems very clean down there too i just like are you kidding way way better it started uh with the uh securing the 2016 rnc it was like Cleveland on a national oh, stage. Oh, gotcha. Yes, and yes. So, I mean, the city just did facelifts for the entire year. I'm riding around on my bike going, oh, my God, where am I? Yeah. I, it was amazing. And then we got such great press from it as well. And it's yeah. just continued. It's just continued. That's great. Continue to improve everything. It's, yeah, wow. it's really nice. Well, way to go, Cleveland. Happy a, to hear that. It's still the gloomiest city in the nation. Well, the weather is so oppressive uh and it's just a long long winter and then even the summertime i remember one summer uh living there every single weekend it rained i mean it didn't it just it was like and it was cold yeah it was just like are you kidding me every weekend come on (laughs) i remember that there's the jokes going around what follows what follows uh three days of rain monday <laughs> I it remember so that. true. It was so it true. It was. It was like one like, summer. Are you kidding me? It was. It was yeah. yeah. But boy, a, that was tough. After a long winter, that's what you get. That was just terrible. Yeah. Oh, and we have we have really dicey springs where it's like, oh God, we haven't had any nice weather since uh, you know until June. Uh, one but, thing though is springtime in that beautiful. area is spectacular. I it mean, it's is. it's a, I mean, as well as fall. But uh, I just just I mean, the 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 blooming, the smell of springtime, exhilarating. Oh, you just feel giddy, you know, just giddy. And uh, I always love that time. And it gets really pretty, like overnight. It oh, it gets, does. You know, just, I was showing just you those just, pictures. They're blooming everywhere. Yeah, it's showing you those pictures and saying how you have no idea. It's going to look really, really nice. Right. I could, I could imagine. But, I could visualize it. How yeah. it just comes. It looks. Everything looks dead, and then suddenly everything comes alive. There's birds everywhere. Bunnies jumping around. And then what everybody, everybody's so excited about it, those first few nice days of spring. Everyone's out cleaning up their yards. Oh, right. That needs to be done too. You got dead branches laying around oh, everywhere. Geez. Winter's tough, man. Yeah, it really but is. But everybody like cleans it up, like first chance they get because it's just so giddy. <laughs> hey, with that, man, I got some good news I want to share with you real quick. Oh, okay, okay. great. Uh, I thought this was a really cool article I came across that is very relevant to stuff we've been talking about. AARP to Congress. Family caregivers need more support. This is exactly. I agree with that. Oh, it's this is so cool. This is exactly what Dan ended our podcast with when we were talking about how, when do you know what to do with your parent when um, it's time for uh, uh, some kind of a, what's the word living assisted living. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a real short one. I'm just going to paraphrase anyway, that uh, three or four respondents to a recent AR per- survey of older adults saying they want to remain in their homes and communities as long as possible. And what this means is we are hodgepodging ways to keep people in their homes. And that's what Dan and I talked about. So whether they're staying in their own homes and Dan is assisting his mother and and his sister is as well so much so she could stay in her own home or you take them into your homes. They're saying that uh, we're asking lawmakers to prioritize the passage of the Credit for Caring Act, which would provide a tax credit up to $5,000 to help people cover the expenses related to caregiving. This is exactly what Dan brought up. And this needs to happen because uh, these stats right here are crazy. A recent report found that on average, family caregivers are spending 26% of their income, more than $7,200 each year on caregiving expenses. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the elderly population is going to increase dramatically right. yes. uh, very soon here. So in a separate report during the Wednesday hearing, which found more than 40 million Americans provide roughly 34 billion hours of unpaid care each year. Mm. That is, and that's mm. going to go up. Mm-hmm. So yep. this has to pass. And I, I was very excited about seeing that. I think that is absolutely humongous. I, I love that. 
Yeah. Um, I've got something as go well to, to go along with that. Just, you know, along things that we've been talking about. Uh, I came across this article called the How to Be a Super Ager. Uh, have, hmm. have you heard the term super ager before? Never. I never have either. But uh, this uh, this person writes about this. He says that uh, there's a, a, a particular study that's going on in South uh, Southwestern University, and the researcher has coined the term superager, and uh, it's to classify the fortunate older individuals whose memory and attention span were on par with that of a healthy 25-year-old. Wow. He starts out by talking about once you get into your 50s, uh, it's uh, there's a measurable decline in yes. memory, mm-hmm. and I uh, I haven't noticed that, but but then I was I've always had to, I was listening to our show last week, and it was like both of us were so. What is that guy's name? Oh, <laughs> I'm always grasping for words. I've been doing that always. all my life. Actually, yeah. I have a um, horrible memory. I always have, and I always catch someone. I went from my mom saying, "Oh, it's you know, it's not that you have bad. It's just you don't care enough to remember." I oh that. yeah, well, that's the now classic Lisa does, line right listen there. To, yeah, so Lisa does that to me now almost every day. And my mom's like, she now comes clean. Yeah, I've always had a terrible memory too. You just inherited it from uh, I'm like, well, why did you what, say that? That's all what she time? heard from her parents, probably. Yeah, she's like, it's my job as your mother. Yeah, like, that what is, the hell? That's so what I gotta you do. listen to that my whole life. Well, uh, it was once believed that puzzles like crosswords, yeah. jigsaws, and things like that were enough to stimulate the brains of older people. But current research indicates that tasks involving more effort are needed to make a notable difference. Uh, the reason is when we perform difficult tasks, it helps crucial brain regions such as the anterior insula, hippocampus, hippocampus and frontal cortex defy age-related atrophy. Uh, the thicker these regions are, the better we, per- we perform measurable tasks like memorizing a list of nouns and then recalling these items, mm. you know, 20 minutes later. So if you really want to become a super ager, <clears throat> learn how to embrace the difficult in life. Remember how frustrated you got when you were trying to learn a new computer program yes. or tackle a t- tricky math problem or finish a long, exhausting hike. That unwelcome sense of feeling tired and ready to give up just as uniquely beneficial to our brain tissue. Um, if like me, you tend to wimp out when faced with an, an, an appealing challenge, it can be helpful to remember the Marine Corps model, which is pain is weakness leaving the body. And if you are as concerned about the well-being of your mental faculties as I am, you could also supplement that motto with and helping the brain. So pain is weakness leaving the body and helping the brain. Or remind yourself that if you don't use it, you lose it. He gives some tips down here of uh, becoming a super ager. These are kind of good. Some of them we've actually talked about before. Sure. One is stay physically active. That's mm-hmm. pretty, That's pretty important. One. Yes, that one. is number one. Exercise improves cardiovascular health and stimulates the brain derived yeah. neurotropic factor that plays a role in helping that the brain create valuable new neural connections. That was easy for me to say. Yeah. Uh, don't smoke. <clears throat> Researchers have sh- have known for years that smoking compromises the well-being of almost every aspect of your health. Wow. Uh, maintain social connections. Uh, being isolated opens the door to depression, which can trigger harmful, unhealthy behaviors. Yeah. Make sure you get adequate sleep. Yeah. A good night's sleep contributes to memory cons- um, consolidation because REM sleep is when we store new data for later retrieval. I'm going to come back to that one uh, and pay close attention to your diet. You were talking about this last week, Barry. Uh, this person, he says, uh, a carefully planned eating program can diminish the risk of both Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Uh, the mind diet and the dash diet. Have you heard of these before? No. I hadn't either. But I find it very interesting. Tell me more. They're uh, sensible food plans with helpful suggestions. Um, I, I looked up both of these. They they both, let's see, the Mind Diet is, uh, it's been, ju- I'm seeing a picture right now that looks a lot like the picture you showed last week with all the colorful uh, vegetables. Oh, the yeah. And there's fruit and it's very and colorful. Yeah. It says, uh, 
there's a lot of buzz lately on this one and with good reason it looks like it's an acronym mind combines aspects of the mediterranean diet and the dash diet to create an eating focused on brain health namely the prevention of dementia and age-related cognitive decline so both of them are very mediterranean focused i've and- never heard of the dash diet I never had either. I I have that pulled up as well. The DASH diet, let's see here, is uh, uh, a plan promoted by U.S.-based National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute and uh, the National Institute of Health. Okay, don't trust this. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> By the CDC. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Anyway, we won't go any further, but but check it out. I mean, this is important. We, we it you is know, uh, especially if dementia or Alzheimer's runs in your family, this is something to take seriously here because, hey, once you lose that, your brain, man, the game is over. Uh, and there are ways that to, to work on this, like working out in a gym. There are ways to work on this. I want to just emphasize a couple of things you said. First of all, yes, working out is Jordan Peterson said, you won't even believe how far and away that's number one uh, for your brain, for yeah. your mental aspect. I agree with that, boy. Uh, but another one is I want to say that so readily available for all of us is challenging yourself with our technology. And people right at our age group and older get very, very frustrated and turn away from it. And I find that so frustrating. And I'm admitting a fault here again, uh, that I get very frustrated. I have to help older people out like my mother-in-law, my mother and things like that. And it's like, dog, what are you doing? It's like, can't you just write down a password, you know, and, um, and then make it secure. And, and I, I want to tell you that make a very secure password. Do here's a couple tricks. Put like say an exclamation point at the beginning of the word, not at the end. Okay, and uh, type out your word, whatever it is, with capitals and uh, lowercase, and make sure that this whole thing is at least eight characters long, and end it in a couple of numbers. Pick two numbers that are going to be your numbers from now on. Doesn't matter what it is, 17 or or whatever, maybe 17, 17. Um, But then stick with that if that's what it takes to help you remember when you lose that sheet of paper that you put in a counter somewhere or whatever. But there's different things. Use explore different apps uh, on your phone that can be useful for uh, whatever you're doing in life. That can uh, be a life hack to help you uh, find more productivity for the reason of challenging yourself with this stuff. And for everything that the reasons that you just pointed out, Merle, it does help your mind exercise your mind like a muscle. You know, uh, I wanted to add something to that as well, because that part of the article, you know, brought up something in my mind. And, and, you know, I have been working on learning guitar for many years now. But but I tell you what, I, I didn't start to do that until I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't I, I don't I didn't know how to read music. I didn't know anything about music. I just picked it up and, and and started to mess with it. Now, I don't I used to play for the church band and everything like that, but uh, I don't really do that anymore. But I still learn songs in my in my spare time and my free time. I'll come in here into my office and I'll I'll pick out a song that I, I would like to be able to play and then learning that. There's something about it, Barry, just there's an area of my brain that I know that I'm engaging when I do that, that I don't use for anything else except for that. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's almost like putting a puzzle together, but then the stimulation of the music coming out and getting it just right and and practicing it. And then there's another thing, too, about this is this whole muscle memory thing where you practice something and you're, you're terrible at it, you know, and then you go to sleep. And the next day you're like, well, let me see if I can do this. Amazingly, your fingers just start to automatically go to the right place. The brain is such an amazing tool that we've been given here. And so here uh, it it talked about uh, getting a good night's sleep and and that um, 
memory consolidation happens during REM when we store new data for later retrieval. My mother taught me something. This isn't just for older people, uh, for younger people as well. I remember, uh, you know, as I was going through school, my mom told, taught me a trick uh, for studying. And that was, you know, you study for your test, but then be right before you go to bed, take a look at your notes and just kind of rehearse that right before you go to bed and then go to sleep. Your brain, your, your subconscious mind works on that all night long without you knowing it. And then when you wake up in the morning, look at those notes again, just to stimulate your brain with that amazing how that works when you take a test on that information it's a it's like you put it into your computer and it's not coming out there's a lot of things with the subconscious that there's a lot of theories around that but i'm trying not to laugh because i always remember a, a friend from high school didn't study for the test and kind of got desperate and read her notes uh, it was a girl read her notes on a tape recorder and put it on autoplay or something all night long. She failed the test. She thought <laughs> she was going to get it through <laughs> osmosis. <laughs> so don't take that. Don't take that advice too literally oh, or too don't. far. <laughs> That's hey, really I want to say something else that you were saying about the guitar playing and how it is affecting certain muscle memory. You're exactly right. My uncle Jim, who is now retired, but he, he, he was talking to Lisa and I, and Lisa's trying like, oh, I get so stressed at work and all of this stuff. And he's like, yeah, well, he goes, I'm retired now. But when I was working uh, and working from home, I would just periodically just pick up my guitar for a few minutes and it'd just be a reset button. He goes, it would just work, work my mind in a different way. Exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Not a bad idea to have it there handy in your office. There's something about music, too, that just uh, does so much for your, your mind. Have you noticed that you could hear a song on the radio that you haven't heard since you were a kid and you still know all the words to the song? It just comes to you. I haven't thought about that mm -hmm. song since you're a kid. And here you are singing along to the song and perfect right along with it and everything. Yeah. Boy, that's the power of music yeah. in in your memory. Um, I'm told that in the Bible, uh, the, uh, the Bible was an oral, uh, uh, there's an oral tradition to the Old Testament, the Jewish uh, population, they memorized the whole Old Testament, and oh my uh, God. They, they knew this stuff, you know, and, and it, it turns out that they exercised their brains back then to a point that we don't do today. Mm -hmm. uh, like, think about it this way. Remember when you were a kid, you had to remember everybody's phone number. <laughs> Do you remember anybody's phone number today? No, we don't, we don't exercise ones, that part of our but brain. But I remember, I remember my old one. Childhood. Same here, 650-4923. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember my address from when I was a little kid. But we don't have to remember those things anymore because we have smartphones. That's such an oxy oxymoron, right? Like, right. my phone is smart now. I'm not so smart, but... <laughs> what my well, phone is <laughs> i disagree because i think it's part of our evolution where we're smarter because of the accumulation of knowledge that we have at our fingertips and we use our brains maybe in a more creative way now whereas well, we used to have to use them in a more literal uh tool -like i guess like way i guess what i'm saying barry is it's the memorization skill that yeah. uh we as a society don't practice the way that we used to practice it and even in ancient times that oral tradition I was going to this, uh, they remembered it through song. Uh, so they would, yes. they would sing these things and that's how they would remember it. And it would just lock it in for life. There's like an amazing, uh, miraculous thing. I don't know if the, there's probably studies on this, but I think it's pretty amazing. I, I, I'll just say one last thing. I remember when I was learning my multiplication tables in fourth grade and we were all struggling with, uh, uh, certain ones, you know, everybody's got their one that I just can't get this, but what one of them was six times eight. Mm. And, uh, this, I remember this from, from fifth grade or fourth grade. And, uh, we had a student teacher and she said, Oh, here's an easy way to remember it. And she sung it six times. Eight is 48. I've never forgotten that yeah. one ever since yeah. then. Yeah. And it's kind of like trying to remember somebody's name or something like that. You could do a word association. I remember I couldn't this is remember. Good. Yeah, yeah, there was years ago, a girl that was in our crowd named Megan. 
for some reason, I just had a hard time remembering her name off the top of my head, but she had this very like yellow blonde hair. And I went, Megan, eggnog, eggnog, her hair. And I never forgot her name since then. And it's a really bizarre way. It does. It can be really loose association, but it works. You know, that's a great tip, Barry. And I, I don't know if, if, Everyone has that. I, I, I struggle. I mean, I'm I'm career salesperson. I struggle remembering people's names. And I've had to come up with different tricks like that mm -hmm. one to try to that, but it's always association. Try to associate it or mm -hmm. or like there's a guy uh <clears throat> that I met uh back when I was living in Los Angeles. He's a real cool guy and everything, older than me, but he seemed like he just had like this cool kind of uh party kind of personality and uh, i was trying to remember his name his name was marty mm -hmm. and i uh, i was like it's party marty there <laughs> you I go. never forgot there his go. name after that right all right and no that's so, a good tip yeah so okay. just uh, these are ways i i but one of my hard things that i do is when i introduce myself i'm so i was so focused on saying introducing myself that when they said their name i was still focused on me that's a terrible thing that's, and then and then i re realized that i didn't even hear the guy's name now yeah. i gotta ask what is you're your thinking name you're going a million miles an hour in your own head right, at first right and we all do that you have to learn and then practice the technique of uh, yeah. active listening especially yeah there it is right there active and listening. try to use their name right away that's as... that's a huge one i just yeah. met some neighbors the other day and uh ann and bruce and uh that's what i did is as soon as we we talked for a couple of minutes and then when they were leaving i said goodbye ann and bruce <laughs> and <I'll> <laughs> never forget their name now. <laughs> hey do you want to do a quick geography lesson yeah let's do it have you ever heard of tunis tunisia tunisia is it Tunisia? Oh, I bet you that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it before. I never heard of Tunisia, but <laughs> it's Tunisia, huh? Well, it's tiny. It's a northern uh, coast of uh, northern tip of Africa. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. So here's some uh, quick photos just via Google. Um, look how colorful. That's a beautiful. No kidding. Photo. Yeah. And uh, some ruins. And, huh. More ruins it reminds me of Greece there, except just more sand. Where where exactly is that? He said, Yeah, uh, I'll get to I a thought map this was too. northern this Africa. Out. Yeah, uh yeah, very northern Africa. Right, sure. right. Look at this. Look at the very north, it's the northernmost tip. It's right on the Mediterranean. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Lots yeah. of history there. Lots look of really look, amazing history. Look at these two. Wow, look at that water. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So uh let me did the screen switch. Uh, I'm seeing your Google. Uh, Tunisia, okay, cool. Wikipedia. That's cool. Yeah. Just some quick points. Uh, officially, the Republic of Tunisia. You know, that sounds familiar now that you said it that way. <laughs> uh, it's a northernmost country in Africa. It's part of the Maghreb region of North. I probably murdered that too. Uh, region of North Africa, bordered by something I ran out of, bordered by Algeria to the west and southwest, Libya to the southeast and the Mediterranean, blah, blah, blah. Um, so commonly asked questions, is Tunisia a poor country? In 2020, extreme poverty measured using the international poverty line of living on US $1.90 per day still remained below 1% in Tunisia. I'm not mm. sure what that meant. What did that mean? Is it very popular? That means they're, they're struggling pretty okay. bad over there. Yeah. Okay. However, poverty measured within the US three, $3.20 per day bracket was estimated to have increased 2.9. That was really poorly written. Yeah, it uh, really was. Jeez. What is the race of Tunisians? It is Arab Berber. And I remember looking that up before that Berber, it's a certain type of Arab. Isn't that like out of Egypt or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Is Tun Tunisia an Arab country? Tunisia is a small Arab country in North Africa, it represents the aspirations of freedom and struggles against terrorism that roil the region. It does seem like uh, that's kind of right there with all the violence of the world. There has been a terribly violent history in that particular area. One of the first overseas wars that uh, the U.S. fought was was actually in that very area. Um, it's uh, uh, in the oh. in the eighteen uh, hundreds. We actually sent our, our first uh, one. It was a naval, lots of naval battles that happened there in the in the eighteen. 
in teens. And uh, we had to truck through uh, Tunisia and the whole marine uh, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli uh, come from that whole uh, thing where they had to sludge through Tunisia and, and all those areas. Pretty, pretty tough area. World War II, uh, big, big back and forth fighting. General Patton, Rommel, uh, all in that area. Mm, I didn't know that interesting little fact. Tunisia is famous for having one of the sites of the ancient Phoenician civilization. Mm. What language oh, do they speak? Cool. Arabic. Uh, okay. Uh, didn't know that. What is forbidden in Tunisian culture? They do not allow photographs to be taken of embassies, military, or government buildings, as there, as well as other sensitive places. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, the laws are different in these kinds of areas. Uh, you, you probably want to, if you go traveling there, you probably want to brush up on some of these yeah. things because you don't want to end up in one of those Tunisian jails. No, no, no. What year did Tunisia abolish slavery? 1846. It's kind of like when everybody started getting on the other side of that, you know? Yeah, yep. Uh, let's see. Did I have something else there? That That's good enough. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I have several others, too, that you uh, may or may not know about, but I'll trickle them out over time. So I'm sure that you saw the whole thing that happened with Will Smith at the Academy Awards. Yeah, I figured we we're going to have to talk about that. Everybody. Well, I, you know, I hate to talk about stories that are being beaten to death, but I it's think an over, I look at it a different way, though, because mm -hmm. we're talking over 50 starting over. Will Smith is 53 years old now. And, um, you know, this is a it's an interesting thing, I think, that's happening. That's I mean, his wife was clearly insulted whether it was an insulting joke or not she felt insulted and i was going to ask you that you know we sometimes find ourselves in a situation like this where uh your spouse or significant other gets uh, uh gets insulted by something that happens in public and then you as the man are in a position. I noticed something that happened here with this whole thing was uh, as soon as he told the joke, it flashed over to Will and Jada and Will laughed. Yeah. Jada rolled her eyes. Then they flashed over back over to uh, Chris Rock and you didn't see uh, Will Smith again until he came up on stage. Mm -hmm. So something happened from the time that he laughed to the time he came up on stage. So I'm assuming that he looked over at Jada and saw yeah. her face. That's what happened. And then suddenly he had to do, he felt he had to do something. His ego got super triggered. And oh, uh, super I triggered. do not yes. admire that at all, uh, especially under circumstances. But then think about the different sides. Uh, for I spent about two minutes on Facebook earlier this week. And in that two minutes, I saw a, a woman that I know talk about that and said that while she thought Will Smith was hot before, now she's just over the moon because he stood up for his woman. Oh, she, yeah, I know. Think about the, I had to share that difference in perspective. Now, this is she's an engineer. She's a very smart woman. But this is how she felt about that. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think there's a, a place for chivalry here. Absolutely. But is it the right thing to go and physically assault somebody immediately, especially in front of a bunch of other people or in this case, in front of joke. international cameras? And, you know, while the joke wasn't funny, um, it was OK. It was just know, a, it was just a little joke. It just yeah, it, it really was. And, it, and I don't see the joke as very insulting, to tell you the truth. Me I mean, either, but Jada did. It, it, and that's really it's a, it's in the eye of the beholder mm. here. I, I mean, I remember uh, uh, G.I. Jane uh, yeah. was uh, uh, Demi Moore and she looked great as G.I. Jane. So I don't know that that was an insult, but she it, it all has to do with this alopecia. Have you known anybody with alopecia before? I don't think so. But Have you I heard of it before mention, this? Yeah. Um, OK, but I wanted to mention that. From what little I know, I know a little bit about Jada playing the victim card a lot over years. I've heard this too. So it's not really surprising that she would play victim on this. I think she's looking for it.
Yeah, I think uh, I think this is probably the heart of the problem here is that this boils down to it's a relationship problem between Jada and Will. And uh, there's some insecurity there, obviously. Uh, there's some there's some history that they have in their marriage of having an oh, open yeah. marriage. And I, I think that, um, you know, for men, uh, women and men are different. Uh, I know that's taboo to say, but men need respect. Women are looking for love. Men, uh, you know, need respect. And that type of marriage situation, while we can say, oh, we're sophisticated and this and that, mm -hmm. We're still at the at the bottom line, we're human beings and we're built in a certain way. And, you know, here was some dis some perceived disrespect coming from the stage. And that seems to have triggered saying, that whole thing in kind of a long way. You're saying that maybe their stru structure of their relationship makes them a little insecure. Yeah. How could it not? How could it not? And then when you when you do this, he laughed and then he looked at his wife, saw that that insecurity came up. He's got to do something. He's in the, the heat of the moment. And he does that. Uh, it would, uh, clearly the wrong thing to do. Um, how would you have handled that differently? I think that I would uh, grab her hand and say, hey, it was just a joke. You know, that everything's cool here. I especially, on top of talk about how a man, men and women see the same situation differently. Here's another thing that immediately plays out in my mind. Chris Rock's little. He's Bo a little Smith's dude. kind of a big dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's like That's six not... foot something. Chris yeah. Rock is like five foot two or three. I, I mean, know. he's a little dude. That was just not cool at all. And man. yeah, and Will Smith, he's played Muhammad Ali. Yeah. He actually, you know, you got to learn something about boxing, although that was a slap, which is kind of weird to me too. Uh, I've never slapped another man before. Right. Um, so it, it, the whole thing was pretty shocking. And some people have thought that at first that this might've been staged. I did, but I didn't I, watch it. I never saw it. I just I, saw the gif of it or gif of uh, the slap over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't watch it either because it's boring and I don't like uh, award show, but, but they've been losing ratings big time here over the last yes. several years and for good reason. Yes. Uh, uh, so but uh, do you think that this is going to cause people to, to tune in more to this, uh, to the Academy Awards? Because I, I don't. That, I thought that's why it was staged. Same I, here. I don't think it's staged anymore. But, I don't. Uh, I thought I, that's a first thing I thought is my God, they're, they're desperate for ratings now. So I, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a bad look for Smith and uh, I, and I don't see him trying to make being in a real hurry to make any uh, re uh, restitution. I think that for the, the one person that comes out a winner in this is I think Chris Rock. Uh, by the way that he handled the whole thing, I'm already hearing that his ticket sales for his, his uh, tour have gone gone through the roof uh, and have actually uh, increased in value. And uh, I think that uh, I kind of like the way that he handled the whole thing. He stayed he stayed calm. First, he took that blow head on. I mean, he didn't <laughs> didn't try to put he had his hands behind his back. Yeah. And, yeah. But then the way he just calmly says a. Uh, uh, Will Smith just came up here and slapped the beep out of me, and and then and then he uh, he just you know moved on like a professional. Um, you know, obviously he's the man; he's got pride, uh, but he swallowed that because he knew he was on international television and he held his emotions, which is what Will Smith should have done. Right. Uh, but it's a tough position when you're with your wife or your spouse or whatever. And something like that happens. How do you handle? I like what you said. You would grab her hand and tell her everything was going to be okay. It's just a joke, and it wasn't he really an insulting joke. Just thinking about what what I know or my impression of her personality is, he would have never heard the rest of the end of it for the rest of his life if he didn't go up there and do something. Well, here's what I think, Barry, is that uh, while I agree um, that this is a tough situation for everybody. Um, my thing is this, is that I, I certainly wouldn't have thrown gasoline on the whole thing by becoming emotional and, and, and physical. I'm too big to be acting physical because people get 
all crazy and they get scared and stuff like that. It's just, I don't want to go to jail for something like that either. That doesn't solve anything. It doesn't make it better. Uh, It certainly hasn't made it better for Will Smith, but these are things I probably would have done the same thing you did is, you know, tell Anne-Marie everything's going to be okay and just, just stay calm. And, you know, I think I may have even after the show had a conversation one-on-one with Chris Rock. Now that emotions are, are calm and i was said hey man can you just speak to my wife she was very insulted by that and you know just bring it down there's mm-hmm. and and maybe he could have maybe he would have apologized and said hey jada i was just i didn't know that was going to be insulting i was just a joke right. i mean will smith is a comedian too right so he should understand this kind of stuff that's just kind of he should understand crazy. he should understand that chris rock just thought Jada went with a new hairstyle, which is not the first time I've seen her with her hair that short. No, me neither. Uh, so we made a GI Jane crack. It was really a mundane joke, um, slightly funny, but you can understand he wouldn't know that some that she has this condition that she may or may not be sensitive about, but I still think she just can't wait to play the victim card. Well, and the other thing too is even with her hair cut like that, she still looks great. Uh, she's yeah. a very beautiful woman. She is. Yeah. And and this whole thing now here's the one last thing on the could this be fake? I don't think it is, but uh, yeah. Pfizer was the big sponsor of the of the show oh, and now God. everyone's talking about alopecia <laughs> and I'm sure Pfizer's got something to cure that whole thing or or at least right. uh, put a mask on the whole thing, but uh who knows? Uh it's it's unfortunate. I f- found it funny that uh, the press went to O.J. Simpson to weigh in on this whole thing. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my OJ, God. I know. Can you imagine? Okay, Let O.J. So. handle this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I read the article. I don't know if I have the article here, but uh, O.J. says uh, to one of the reporter, you know, people have been asking me about this all week. Thought that alone was funny as a, you know, but you think about it, O.J., you know, it was a, he was very insecure about his wife. I mean, over the oh, top true. to the violence and he just couldn't control himself. Yeah. And, uh, and so here's OJ telling the press, here's what I would just say to Will Smith. Hey man, I totally understand. When I knew this whole thing happened to me, there were, everybody had a joke about me. Just, you know, just try to take it easy. You know, I was like, whoo, taking advice from OJ. Yeah. Really? If you've, if you, you've really hit rock bottom, yeah. If OJ can relate to you, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that people went in their minds, they went, I wonder what OJ thinks about this. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know how you made that leap, but you might want to get some therapy. <laughs> yeah, just, that would be horrifying. Yeah. If, if OJ is telling my look, brother, let me, I got, I think I can help you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Don't come over, come over this week. <laughs> oh geez oh you know what it's kind of you were talking about the alopecia thing and i can't think of the name of this right off the top of my head but yesterday the news comes out bruce willis has this condition i saw that oh it's really yeah it's really sad um and it it can result from stroke or similar type stuff where he's uh having problems i think uh verbally expressing himself yeah yeah uh there were it's a, I, apparently some cognitive uh types of yeah. difficulties i never heard of this thing that uh that they that they said that he had let's just see what that was again yeah. bruce will aphasia right yeah they, never heard of never heard of aphasia hey buddy i gotta pause you for one second i gotta find this dog okay let's- He's right at my oh, feet. Just yeah. Oh, he was being so table. good. You He's were concerned. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's not my house. I don't want to find him chewing on something. Yeah. Okay. I think that's good. Um, okay. So I looked up aphasia and um, let's see if I'm pronouncing it right. Aphasia. That's I just did the. Sounds little... like Tunisia. We had it's, that problem. It sounds a lot like. <laughs> <laughs> it says here it's a uh, comprehension and communication uh, in parentheses reading, speaking, or writing disorder resulting from damage or injury to the specific area of in the brain. Um, 
It's very common, more than 3 million cases per year in the U.S. Treatment can help manage the condition. There's no known cure, uh, and it's a lifelong condition, common for ages 60 and older. He's, mm. I think he's 67. Um, pretty, pretty tough stuff right there. And he's having to, you know, walk away from his acting career as a result. Well, I know, love Bruce Willis. I love him as an actor. He's such a great actor. Well, I was just reading about a week ago that he was up for one of those Razzie awards. Never heard of it. Oh, come on. Really? It's Razzie worst performance, worst movie, worse. It's the opposite of the Oscars. I've never heard of it. It's yeah. the very worst. Like I remember. <laughs> what a terrible thing. Was when Halle Berry won her Razzie for Catwoman. Remember how bad that movie oh, got? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even watch it, to be well, honest. Well, they had a category specifically for Bruce Willis called Worst Bruce Willis Movie of 2021. Dude, they had a list of like 10 movies to his credit last year. Really? So, he, he was in you 10 movies. And kind of my point is, so he's obviously just doing these bit uh, directive video type of movies and not uh -huh. caring about the quality, kind of like a mm. Nick Cage kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I don't know. Interesting. Well, I, I, obviously, there's a guy at the end of his career, maybe he already knew that he was, you know, having issues and this was really all he was up for, but I mean, he's 67. He's had a great career. He, I mean, he looks great for 67 too. And, you know, he's probably uh, been able to store up a good storehouse oh, for himself. You, and you're so, kidding? He's got to you know, have a quarter billion dollars. He's probably, he's probably done. And it's, it's too bad. Cause I, he's, he has put out some really great movies. What's your favorite Bruce Willis movie? Well, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Oh, I know what it is. It's diehard. It is because of what it did for the action movie industry. It changed. <laughs> and for Christmas movies. Yes. For my favorite Christmas movie, <laughs> but it literally, it changed. It inspired the entire action movie industry to become more realistic because he was a guy that was found in these circumstances that out of his control, like, and he was afraid. He was scared. The hero was scared for the first time in any movie ever. And, uh, but he, then he rises to the occasion. And I think, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. So it just made it more human, really more. Yeah, relatable. yeah. He, he seems very in all of his relatable. Movies, he's very relatable, yes. very human. Uh, I got three that come to the top of my mind. Uh, I loved him in Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I loved him in that movie where Sixth the kid Sense. says, like, Six Sense." Oh, that, he was great in that movie. movie. He was. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Were you blown away? Oh like you, my did god! I didn't. No one had told me what the ending was. So right. I, I didn't was see it come in either. Over the top, good. It, it was over the top. Uh, there's another one that. Oh, now I can't remember the name of this one, but it's like uh, he doesn't realize that he's a superhero, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson is in it. I think he's called Mister Glass in the movie. Oh, um, yeah, monkey. He, he's got no, no. He's got like this oh. green. Um, this green uh, 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 rain jacket that says security on the back. And he's, he's un, he, he can't be killed in this movie. That's and the name of the movie. Something like invincible or invincible something like or... that. And Bruce Willis was outstanding in that part. You know, I, those I are three of my remember, favorite movies. I barely remember that movie. Yeah, it was really good. Oh. And then uh, Samuel L. Jackson was really good. They call me Mr. Glass. And he was a, like a guy that uh, they called him Mr. Glass glass because it's his bones broke just like glass and so he couldn't move around and his whole thing samuel l jackson had an evil plan to figure out who this superhero he wanted to identify this superhero so he was constantly committing these acts of terrorism to see who would live through this and oh. bruce willis kept he was in a plane a train crash he was in an explosion and he finally figures out it's bruce willis is the guy Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was just that, and it was all centered around comic books and the evil, good versus evil kind of thing. I, I think you would like that movie if you watch that again. Yeah, I, I would like to see that again. And so, what was Twelve Monkeys a sequel to that, or was that a sequel to Twelve Monkeys? It's something like that. You know, that's a. I think I don't it was know. Like yeah, I think there was some kind of relation to that yeah. to that movie. Now that now that you're saying that, which is kind of cool too. 
-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, it's funny how we always get off on movies and you didn't even put the movie thing up. We're talking about the Academy I know. Awards. I know. Anyway, I thought I think we're, we're starting to run out of time here, too. Do you want to go to the lighter side? on? This? Yeah, yeah. Do you got what do you got? I got something a little unique. Remember the time that I shared um, Lou Graham from Foreigner, his it's funny thing. you're talking about this. Why? Why? I, I've been learning this uh, uh, double vision on my guitar. Oh. And uh, I can't sing like uh, oh. Graham can Who sing. Who can't? <laughs> well, I got somebody. Like, oh, wait can. a second. I can't sing this song. I can only play, play this music for, on the guitar. For some reason, this particular band and singer came into my mind. And I'm like, Robin Zander of Cheap Trick. And mm -hmm. almost everyone loves Cheap Trick, but probably hasn't bought their albums, you know? Right. Yep. And, but, you know, oh, we know a few of those tunes and all that. I sure and do. I really, really. And I, I was thinking, why don't I know anything about Robin Zander? First of all, if you look back at his work over his lifetime, for one, he's a really good looking guy. Huh. And two, he is one hell of a singer. So, I just did a little background and then I started thinking like, and one of my all time favorite songs is the flame. And that was one of their later ones. It probably came out around 1981 or something like that. Huh. We yeah. typically think of their seventies stuff. I want right, you to want right. me and all that. It's the only one that's coming to my head. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, well, I'm going to play that song. First of all, I'm going to share for a second that there's this girl doing a critique. She's an opera singer. And her shtick is, I think she's, maybe I'm getting her confused with someone else. But I'll share the links for you guys if you want to. Uh, but she really, really talks them up about just what a perfectly pitched singer he is and stuff. And that tune, The Flame, is really hard to sing. And I, there's, there's a, just the other thing I want to say about him. You never heard about him in the news in some kind of a negative way. But you never heard about him in a positive. He just wasn't in the news. Right. I just think he's one of those. He just like and, and he just stayed with Cheap Trick his whole life. Just like he just liked what he had, appreciated what he had. And he didn't go outside, you know, paint outside the lines. Hmm. And uh, I, I appreciate that. The ego never played. Here's another thing I noticed about him. Never hits the pose on stage. You know, the rock star pose. Right. Very humble. Just very, just does his job. So uh, here's a little bit of this girl. We look at your favorite singers to find it. out what makes them. Uh, this uh, is classic American rock. A time where you just had some amazing. Ama okay. It already is really high. You don't recognize high notes as easily because it's just so easy for him and he has that really, really warm tone. Now, as you can- So I will supply the link if you guys want to check all that out. I thought it was a really great crit critique. I like this what she was saying right there is that you don't realize that he's hitting these high notes because he's doing it so easily. I, I uh, Now I recognize the song uh, and uh, yeah, I. <clears throat> It's funny how you don't really recognize how difficult songs are until you try to sing it yourself. I You're remember, like, buddy, you, I remember this because you made me laugh so hard. The story about this is when you lived in Chicago and you went to do karaoke to sing Desperado. Oh, it was Eagles. the worst experience <laughs> ever. So I was so humiliating. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that I couldn't sing that song, but now it's an it's unbelievably so long. long song. <laughs> It's like, no, more. I, just, I can't leave the stage. You, you said you could fry an egg on the top of your bald head. <laughs> you should have seen there was a lot of uh, people from uh, Japan and, and China there, and they were all standing around like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am going to, this is them, Cheap Trick Live in 1989. To do that song live is super impressive, and I'll just let it go, and we'll fade out at some point. But again, I'll leave the link for you guys if you want to check out, because it's one of my favorite songs. I'm sure you'll remember it. And we'll go into the after show in a little bit here, uh, Merle. Hey. Thank you. It's on the radio. And all we can say is every 